Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you again, Rachel Joseph. As always, appreciate your kind words as we enter into yet another conversation of In All Things, the weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And thank you for joining us again. We know there are a lot of things you could do with your time and the fact that you invest a small portion of that every week with us here in this venue is not something we take for granted. The fact that you could like us and share us on social is the primary way in which the word gets out. So that you're a part of that In All Things team, we appreciate so very much. And one of the people who listens regularly and shares that word with others is a fellow podcaster. This is is a first. In my time as podcasting, I've never interviewed as a podcast another podcaster. So this is going to be two podcast geeks uh, having a conversation about podcasting. And we're really excited today to have Brandon Queen with us. Brandon is an elder at the First Presbyterian Church of Thibodeau, Louisiana. We've gotten to know each other through a number of venues over the years. I went down to Thibodeau after one of the many hurricanes that ravages through that area and got to see that ministry firsthand. But Brandon's also been involved in the Westminster Society and uh, the Revelation 7-9 team. We'll talk a little bit more about those things. But he also has a podcast called Ear, Evangelical and Reformed. I've yet to be invited onto that podcast, but uh, I had to make the first initiative. And so I've invited him on our podcast in a purely shameless attempt at getting him to invite me to be on his. So Brandon, it is great to have you on In All Things. I'm glad to be here, Dean. And I think I did try to invite you whenever I was doing the episodes for Westminster Society. Okay. You were too busy for me. Oh, (laughs) we'll have to go back and replay the tape on that one and see. But (laughs) anyway, it's great to have you here and super glad that you could join us. Brandon was just here as a part of the Revelation 7-9 team. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Revelation 7-9 is a initiative inside the EPC. And what we're trying to do is help all of our congregations live into the EPC's mission. The EPC's mission, of course, as Presbyterian Reformed Evangelical Missional Churches, we exist to carry out the Great Commission. Now, the interesting thing is God's pattern is that he frequently brings the nations to our doorstep. He's been doing that since Joel prophesied it would happen. It happens in Acts chapter 2, and it's been happening to the church ever since. And most of our churches have people who are coming into our Jerusalem, if you will, our backyard, who may not have always been there, or they may not represent the demographic that our churches are. Many of our churches are fairly monolithic, especially ethnically, but oftentimes culturally, and sometimes even in terms of socioeconomically. And yet there are people in our communities who may be older, younger, different social circumstances, economic circumstances, and we're trying to help people identify people in their one, three, and five-mile radiuses of their churches who may not uh, look like the demographics that their church uh, majority represents and to see if that's a blind spot where they could reach out with the gospel to their neighbors as well. Because we oftentimes, when we go out with the gospel, we're kind of looking for people just like us. Uh, But to be able to reach out to others who maybe haven't heard the good news of Jesus, who are right in our own backyard uh, that God has brought there, that is kind of the purpose of Revelation 7-9. And if you're interested in learning more about that or would like to get resourced or equipped and get 
whether it's books to read or someone to come and talk to your church about how to strategically bring the gospel to people in your one, three, and five-mile radiuses that you haven't reached yet, please uh, get on our website at epc.org. And if you look through some of the different drop-downs there, you'll find the Revelation 7-9 Task Force, or just just Google it. Just Google EPC uh, Revelation 7-9, and up will come the page, and you can get in contact with either Andrew Smith or Rufus Smith, who co-chair that. They are not actual biological brothers, but they are brothers in the Lord, and they lead that wonderful ministry of which Brandon is a part. All right, Brandon, help those who are listening in who don't know you to get to know Brandon Queen. I grew up in a home where my grandmother raised 11 to 13 grandkids at one point due to my family situation at the time. We came to the Presbyterian Church out of needing help financially and, you know, with different things. And I'm the last of the Mohicans, if you will, that's still Presbyterian and still remain at First Press Thibodeau. Also, I'm the only child of 11 born in Thibodeau. So that kind of gives me more of a staple in Thibodeau. On that note, there's never been a time I didn't believe. Uh, I believed at a very young age. I knew there's something greater than myself, something greater than my grandmother. I just didn't know what it was until I started attending church. Then, you know, moving forward through the years, um, got involved with working, starting at the age of 15, got through high school, started college. I am a cyclist. I love cycling. I love the work of the church. Some would call me a nerd. I told folks that I'm going on vacation, even though I'm coming to actually work. Uh, and You're definitely a church nerd. There's no question. About I, I that. am. I, I most definitely am. As you said earlier, I'm part of the Westminster Society and that group its mission is basically to kind of help the EPC and its members just hold fast to the Westminster Confession. And then with that being said, we have published a couple of journals. COVID kind of knocked us out of practice on that. And I do plan to kind of restart that. You actually approached me a number of years ago. I think it was when I was the moderator and I wrote an article. It was on the ordinary means of grace. And I yep. think I talked about preaching yes. in the context of the ordinary means of grace. And uh, there were some great articles in there. We've got some great and what I love about the journal that you guys did was it was theologically grounded, but it yes. was pastorally focused. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, these were pastors who were writing about how the, the doctrines uh, found in the Westminster Confession, which is our constitution, actually had application in yeah. their lives. And it was real, so it was real practical, it was thoughtful, but practical. Yeah. And then the second journal we did, The Beauty of the Local Church, it was uh, my idea to do a podcast based around that journal. Is that where your podcast came from? Yes, my podcast started around the Westminster Society. Okay, so Um, Evangelical and Reformed Ears, the name of your podcast. Why don't we just jump right into that? Sure. Tell us about it. I was supposed to start it right after my mom passed in 2012. Didn't have the finances or the means to do so. So I kind of tabled that idea for a couple of years. Right before, okay, so let me give you this nugget as well. I am actually the first African-American elder ordained in the Thibodeau location, in, in Thibodeau at the First Press Church. Right. And for those of you who don't know, you got to get online and go to First Thibodeau, whether it's, it's probably a Facebook page is the best we, way to yeah, watch. Yeah, we have a website as well, but yeah. yes. Yeah. But uh, Brandon's pastor, uh, Bill Crawford, is one of my absolute favorites of all time. He's an incredibly great pastor. He's a superhuman being. Yeah. <laughs> um, you two have a fun relationship. but We do. But uh, that is one of the services on a, on a Sunday if I'm in a place where I can't get into the building of a church that I'll watch online. And I really enjoy the fellowship. And when I had the chance to preach there, I just love the people in Thibodeau. You have a great community, great congregation, and and your pastor is one of my absolute faves. We do take pride in fellowship. 
you know, we, we take that serious. So if you walk into church and you're new, you're not leaving without talking to at least five or 10 members. Yeah. That, that's just the nature of our and church. And they're probably going to pray over you before you leave too. Yeah. <laughs> when I became an elder, I'm like, okay, I, I know my reformed faith pretty well. I know that I believe in God and I know that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I need to start sharing this with other people. So the podcast took a new form because I didn't know what kind of podcast I wanted to do. So when 2017 hit, I'm like, okay, I now have to start getting this out. I have to do something to get this out so the world can hear who Jesus is. And it's going to be in a reformed setting. So I started reaching out to other EPC pastors, one of them being Brian Rhodes. He is actually the one that named my podcast. Okay. I actually had several names in the hat. Some of them are horrible and it didn't match what I was trying to do. So Brian and I were talking and he's like, what about the ear? I'm like, what does that mean? Like, like an ear? You know, for oh, those yeah, like listen, listen in, listen yeah. to people as a podcast, you, you listen in with your ears, listen, right. <laughs> those who have ears, let them hear. And that's actually my slogan, if you will, which is a biblical scripture. Right. Uh, so we came up with evangelical and reformed, and it's actually to model the EPC right. being evangelical in our practice of the scripture and being reformed in our doctrine of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how the ear came about. So I started that right after I got ordained. I started doing the podcast, but then I go to my first general assembly, which is the 38th general assembly at hope. And that's where I met Matt Everhard, who was a former EPC pastor. Uh, He led that group. The Westminster society. Correct. So um, I'm very critical of graphics and, you know, stuff. So I approached him. I said, Matt, you thought the graphics to that group was a little underwhelming. Very much. Um, (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> not to bash the group, but I, I'm like, Matt, I'm like, I, I, I get you're trying to do everything, but this is good content. And I think if we're going to bring our best, we have to bring our best because this is glorifying God, not just us. Mm-hmm. So I took over doing the graphics for the journal. And the second journal we did was the beauty of the local church. And that particular journal I was very excited about all of the articles were perfectly written. And then for the podcast, I decided to interview the persons that, um, you know, submitted an article, right? Talked to a few, some of them didn't do it because they didn't have time. But then I decided to add two episodes because the beauty of the local church is beautiful when blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, you know, all people of all ethnos gets together and worship and fellowship God together. So I added a, a, a episode with Rufus Smith and Soon Pock, and then I did a separate episode, a part two with the late Tim Russell. Oh, yeah, and we call now naming some of my very favorite people yeah. of all time. I love Soon. I, yeah, uh, Rufus and I are our brothers of another mother, and Tim was. <laughs> um, yeah, I I still feel that loss. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. I do too, and I'm so glad I got his voice. Capture. You do have, I, yeah. I think, I think, well, not just his voice, but I think you maybe even have a little bit of his voice. You got oh. that deep resonant tone. Yeah. He's a great orator. Like I, I yeah. secretly want to be Tim Russell. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, and one of his catchphrases that is my favorite, like every time I think of it is that's the Jesus. That's I know the Jesus. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. And I got that on recording too. So, um, Oh, that's awesome. So I got into podcasting because it was a way for me to express my faith. I felt like I couldn't, well, I'm not gonna say I couldn't do it person to person, but I felt that I needed to do it on a broader scale. 
So I'm just surfing the internet. I'm like, okay, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money to pay for a podcast service. So I came across Anchor, which was free. Did my research. I'm like, okay, well, I got to spend some kind of money to be able to produce a podcast. So then I came across the Zoom products and I purchased my first Zoom product and started using it. And it came out amazing. Like I started learning how to, you know, use audio, how to edit audio, how to merge all of the fun stuff it takes to do a podcast, all of the time consuming stuff it takes to do a podcast. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. That's all Brian. Right. You're lucky. You got somebody (laughs) that that can do it for you. I don't have that luxury yet. No, (laughs) but uh, no, seriously. So I got into it and through my research and through God's provision, I found ways to, I don't want to say cut the corner, but to cut down on how much time I'm taking on editing the podcast, right? which is a blessing for me. And I, I am on a sabbatical right now from the podcast, but when I return, I'm doing, uh, I don't know if you know Timothy Harris. Timothy wrote a book. Loving Your Muslim, your Muslim neighbor. neighbor. So yep. I'm doing a podcast series around his book. Okay. Uh, and then when I finish with that, I want to interview most or all of the Revelation 7-9 members to kind of help us create resources for churches that are interested in becoming oh, awesome. seven, nine uh, focused. We did a podcast with Timothy Harris mm-hmm. about his book. So that might be something as you start that you link back to that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all about sharing resources and yeah. connecting everything together. Yeah, that's Presbyterianism right yeah, there. Baby. That's right. <laughs> we got to do it the right way. We don't need a committee for it. We just have to do it. All right. God so loved the world. He didn't send a committee. That's right. All right. All right. Yeah. So what have you learned in podcasting? I mean, what's been the thing that surprised you or the things that you've learned? I mean, I've loved connection. um, Yeah. I've loved this. Like what you and I are doing right now that we sit across the table from one another and talk and share and listen to each other's stories, that relationship and that connection. That's the thing that I've gotten out of it. Yeah. So connection and friendship. Uh, I have made several friends that I'm still friends with. Now, most of them are from the EPC and that's easy because we're part of the same denomination. Right. But I've met folks outside of the EPC that I've had on my podcast to discuss a few things. And, you know, it's just it grew my community. Yeah. So if I ever need a repeat, I know who I can call on to do something different or another episode. So I had one young lady. She's from Africa and she married this guy who he was in the ministry, but it ended up being an abusive relationship. So I brought her on and we talked about her faith journey and how she got out of that marriage and. You know, like she takes her faith more serious than her husband and he's, you know, ex-husband or whatever. So I had her on my podcast. That's a friendship that will last forever. Mm. And then another project that I'm going to be doing once I'm done with the Revelation 7-9, because I I am embedded, I'm engulfed. I will stay on the team as long as y'all will have me. I don't plan on going anywhere unless God calls me home. Yeah. Just to get that out there. When I'm done with that, I've been doing my family ancestry, been digging into it, looking at it and whatnot. And what I learned is I used to hate my last name. My, my last name is Queen. Mm-hmm. And you could just imagine when I got called in school, oh, Miss Queen, uh-huh. you know, oh, it's the Queen walking, you know, right. the, my sisters love the last name. Yeah. As they should. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, I started researching and I, I learned that my family was one of the first sets of slaves brought to America. Huh. So we originated in Virginia. We got bought by the Jesuit priest. Mm. And then my family got sold to Missouri and Louisiana. And then we still have some in Maryland. So, Mm. you know, I'm still putting together this research. Right. But on the topic of racial reconciliation, I have some members in my family. I would say they don't care for white people Uh uh, and they hold a grudge. 
And I can say rightfully so on some aspects. Mm -hmm. But what I want to do is I want to start pulling together stories from various family members. Keep in mind, I'm gospel driven. Right. But the question I want to ask is, okay, now that this happened, how is your faith? How has God pulled you from here and brought you here? And I want to use it as a healing tool for my family in Mm -hmm. hopes that it would help other families and other people of color heal from what happened. I think there's such a value. It's a way of lowering the, the wall between us if we were all just a little more curious. And honest. Honest and curious about your own story. You're reconstructing your story here, but have you ever gone back to where your people came from in Africa and tried to figure out what that story is there? And then would you ever be willing to get on a plane and go and breathe the air and feel the soil and say, okay, I have some sort of, some part of my being that's anchored from this place and rediscover that as well. I'm about to touch your heart. Okay. You are very active in Sierra Leone. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my uh, DNA because I did 23andMe and Ancestry.com. Don't tell me. And I have, according to 23andMe, I have about 18.3% Sierra Leone. In my blood. So when are you coming with me? Um, when I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, you, ju- you just gave me a challenge. You and, just gave and me a challenge. I mean, look, so looking at it, um, we're from the sub-Sahara. So, mm-hmm. you know, Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, and a couple other bloodlines that interfuse yeah. with each other. But that one is pretty high on the list. Yeah. Okay. You know? Well, I'm adopted into the Temne tribe. Yeah. Uh, my two children are Temne. And so, yeah. Uh, so because I'm Nigerian, we're, I'm supposedly part of the Igbo people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I tell people years ago, I, I had a missions conference in Germany and I never really thought about my ethnicity much growing up. And, you know, I got off the plane in Germany and I was like, man, this place feels familiar to me. You know, it's like the air reminded me of Pittsburgh where I lived and Stuttgart is a city with mountains and rivers and Pittsburgh's a city with mountains and rivers and and it just like felt familiar to me, you know, and then you know, I went out to eat and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have pork and, uh, mashed potatoes with, uh, <laughs> sauerkraut and pickled oh. beets. Ugh. And I was like, oh man, I love this food. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm German, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sauerkraut. Nah, I know, but there was something funny about, you know, I mean, my mother and father's family came to the U S in the early 1700s and we were far away detached from our, our ethnicity. But there was something about getting, uh, you know, landing there. I will tell you that um, Glenn Myers, our former moderator of our General Assembly, went to Sierra Leone with me. And he said when he got off the plane and he just breathed the air, there was something in him that was awakened where he was like, he got it. He just instinctively got it. Uh, Much the same way I think I did when I got off the plane in Germany. I think there's something about when we go back to our place of heritage and Mm -hmm. we explore that that we learn more about ourselves. And I think that makes us better with other people. And I think just starting with a little curiosity about your own history and then being curious about the story of others. I'll tell you this, if you were to help me um, get to Sarah Leon and I got off the plane and, and I, I could tell you right now, the gospel is important to me. And I know that that area of the world is Muslim. Yeah. So the fact that I'm, I guess, a relative of Muslims because of the Jesus I know, sound like Tim Russell, uh-huh. I want to be able to share the Jesus I know with those people who happen to be my people, who happen to be God's people. Right. And I think as a 
as a body, as a congregation, as a church, it should be our number one priority to take the gospel from this end of the world to that end of the world and let God do the rest. Amen. Like Amen. The, the great commission is very, very clear. Go therefore and to teach all nations. That is our mission. That is our goal. Like Rufus Smith would say, that is our prescription. Mm. And then we get our description in Revelation 7, 9. Mm. If you think about it, we take the great commission out and we do what we are prescribed to do. The description and the imagery that God gives us at the end of time, we're going to have German, Igbo people, blacks, Chinese, whatever, you know. Every tribe, every nation, every we're people, every language. We're all going to be together, worshiping God together. Right. So if I was to go back to Nigeria, Sierra Leone, or any other country that's in my bloodline, I want to take the Jesus I know and give them the Jesus I know. So we've kind of touched on 7-9, we've touched on Westminster, we've touched on your time at Thibodeau. All of that is context information that comes out in your passion and heart for podcasting. Is there anything you would want people to know about any of those things, particularly how the, your hope for the podcast, and then we want to get to how people can, can connect with it and, and how to access it and resource it? So I'm not an ordained pastor. That is in the works in the future. I do plan to attend RTS. But my goal is simply to do my job as a Christian, as God has ordained me to do, and that's to preach the gospel. And if it's in conversational setting, it's in conversational setting. If it's me by myself, it's me by myself. But I'm given a prescription to preach the gospel. Yeah. I love that thing you said earlier. You put together kind of something that Rufus uh, taught you, which is the, the prescribe and describe. Can you, can you say that again? I'll use Matthew 28 again, the Great Commission. We are prescribed to take the gospel from one end of the earth to the one end of the world to the other. And then in doing so, we get our description of how heaven will look at the end of time. Great. In Revelation 7, 9. Just being able to, to frame that in terms of the Great Commission and Revelation 7, 9, that's, that's just a beautiful set of books. Well, well, Dean, as a pastor, you would know that the whole Bible connects to itself and it all points to Jesus. So when you take a verse like, like Matthew 28, and you couple it with Revelation 7, 9, it flows. Right, right. You know, like even though there's stuff in the middle, there's other books in the middle, those two flow. And you can do that with a bunch of passages in the Bible, but what that shows us, it's God's creativity. So when I look at the description of Revelation 7, 9, it only shows me God's creativity and love for his people. Amen. So we're supposed to have that same love and want to bring that gospel, the only gospel to the ends of the world. Amen. Amen, That's brother. It. All right. Well, uh, how do people, if they want to listen to ear, where would they find it? So you can go on any podcast platform. When you type it in, you have to type in e.a.r. because it is an acronym. And you look for a blue and white album cover with the ear and a megaphone. And that's me. And this should have my name on the bottom. Well, friends, this is ending a wonderful podcast. It's been an absolute delight for me. I've loved having uh, Brandon in the studio and it's been great having this conversation. The first of a kind for me, a podcaster to podcaster, and it's been really fun. Hope it's been fun for you too. I hope that you'll pass the word along, not only about our podcast, but about Brandon's podcast as well, because getting that word out there, encouraging, strengthening the churches is what we're all about. So my friends, we'll do as we always do because God's word goes forth and accomplishes the purposes for which it has been established and does not return void. 
we end each podcast with this good word from God's word in Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and they're for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. For he is the head of the body, the church. That is our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name. Until the next time we gather, my friends, grace and peace to you. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.